cool. Um, but just got to look this up on Discord one second because I'm about a fortnight away from heading to Melbourne. Oh, yeah? Oh, for the yeah for the uh, side project thing, yeah. Where did Nick put that? I'm not going to be able to find it. I'll look at it later. Oh, well, time to... Oh, there it is. I think that's the 21st. Yeah, January the 21st. Very excited. Cool. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey everyone, what's up? It's the 2023 Drippies. Oh my God, Tony! Oh my God! Wow. Um, that, I'm not sure whether you're a Muppet or whether you were a <laughs> sportscaster or whether you're on helium. <laughs> or whether you're being strangled. Did you, the, uh, doc- Did you see the documentary now where they, um, they made, uh, the, that was supposed to be like um, Wild Wild Country and they, they were making them do confessions, but after they breathe in helium or, or something like that. It's really funny. If you haven't watched that, I highly recommend that. Um, Tony, uh, we are once again, the hosts of the drippies. Um, they could, we, they could not find anyone else, uh, in their right mind to, to do these awards. And so we're back again, presented by the, um, the foundation for, uh, ear dripping and drip sounds and, uh, a drip drum roll. Uh, which is nice of them to have us out here. It is. They're a foundation where a lot of their work goes under the radar. They do a lot of mm-hmm. um, community work, um, especially in partnership with PragerU. Um, they do a lot of work. Um, I know Ben Shapiro is a big fan of the Drippies and, uh, and the Drippy great. Foundation and what they stand for. So it's good to have yep. him and Matt Walsh on board. Andrew Tate, and of I course. Think this- Oh, Andrew Tate. That's right. Yeah, I saw he was back. He had posted what looked like some lyrics to a uh, to like a disturbed song earlier today, which I thought was kind of strange. But it was supposed to be like his comeback note or something like that. But you know, speaking of those freaks, Tony, as we get into our drippy uh, monologue here, uh, now you're famous for giving your Alex Jones update of the week and giving us. Yeah, kind of the update around. It's sort of ceremonial now. Yeah, it is. Uh, being that he's sort of, um, I, I wouldn't say faded out of the spotlight so much as um, just become. I guess that is faded out of the spotlight. He he sort of more so just got like jumped on by a by a Koopa and disappeared. <laughs> it's kind of strange, but I thought this guy I wanted to talk about. Uh, I had not heard of this guy. I can't tell if he's doing a parody or not. Um, his name is Nick. Nick Adams in uh, at Nick Adams in USA. Uh, his name is Nick Adams parentheses alpha male. And I of course put this in our discord, which uh, if you're a fan of the drippies and you want to vote for the drippies or at least tell us who you wanted to win the drippies, don't really get a vote, but um, uh, you can do that by sending us a note on Instagram maybe, or sending us an email. But anyways, Nick Adams said, uh, he was starting his Tuesday off with a bang. He posted this Monday. He said, starting my Tuesday off with a bang tomorrow. It looks like he posted his breakfast, which is a cool thing to post. I, I, I support it, but 
Tony, let's let's go through it here. We got um, first off, twenty eight ounce T bone steak. Now that's a big fucking steak, Tony. I mean, we're what kind of? I mean, usually that steak is not even cut that big, right? Your your T bone is that always going to come out? What's that? That means you got a sixteen ounce strip and a twelve ounce uh, fillet, right, on there. Yeah, that's 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 huge. That sounds like he'll need an enema in the morning. That's just my view, but that's that's well, like a full on tomahawk. That is. Yeah, that's a and and that's and that's just the that's just the tip of the iceberg, Tony. So he's taking down twenty eight ounce T bone. He's going with the classic breakfast item of one quarter of a loaf of sourdough. Okay, why sourdough? Maybe like, so, I guess toast. Maybe he's gonna. I, I hope he toasts it. I don't know if he's just gonna house it off the the bowl there. I don't know. <laughs> Top that off with six eggs. Uh, he's going hash browns with onions. I mean, okay. Uh, he's going th- six slices of fresh, thick cut hickory smoked bacon, Tony. So what's that? What do you think six slices is? is that coming up on a. Quarter pound, third pound, thick cut, thick cut. Yeah, a third. And yeah, third pound if it's US thick third cut. Pound. Yeah. Then uh, we got the large side of biscuits and, and sausage gravy. I mean, I listen. That's enough for me right there, breakfast right wise. I just you give me the biscuits and gravy, I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm cashing out. But I don't really have a stomach for breakfast, I guess. Uh, and then he's topping that off with the. Nice light English muffin with butter and jam, and a thirty-two ounce black coffee. So that's that's breakfast, baby. That is nine in the morning. Or if you're this guy, he's probably one of those guys who's like have to wake up at six thirty, six a.m. For sure, uh, taking this thing down. This guy um, is not a parody. This guy is actually. I hate to say it. He's an Australian. Oh, no. Yes. Parodies, kind of, but in a different no, way. No, this, this dude is legit. Um, he holds all these views. <coughs> he attended Trinity Grammar and the University of Sydney. Uh, he now lives in the US, so you guys can fucking keep him. Um, uh, he, yeah, I don't think he wants to leave is a problem. Yeah, he's, we're stuck with him. Yeah, um, he was actually a member of the Liberal Party. Of course, the Liberal Party in Australia is the Conservatives. Um, and he was he was actually elected at the age of 21 to a local council in an area that he didn't live. So that's the kind mm. of shithead that he is. So he did one of those, like, uh, George Santos type yeah. bits a little bit, yeah. Yep, in 2004. Yeah. So this dude is a Jeez. wannabe... Ali Alexander, Tucker Carlson, um, Andrew Bolt kind. That that a couple of those references were for my Australian listeners, but you got the Tucker Carlson <laughs> reference. And Tony, you can't eat that much breakfast. Nobody can eat that much. That's an eating challenge. Breakfast. Well, I was about to say, Joey Chestnut could eat that. Um, there's a few guys on TikTok that I think could eat that, but that is just Bad, Badlands. Badlands could take it down. Yeah. We know Badlands could take it down. This is just like, this is like, I'm showing you how big big my food dick is. Really, that's that's what that post is trying to say. It probably you mean like that. Your dick is not looking great. Oh, of course I mean, not. Most of you, most of you is in trouble. Honestly, yep. 
For sure. You're in a you're in a you're in a situ- situation here if if you're eating all that. It, it's Thirty two ounces of black coffee afterwards too is like you're just you're just blasting your your insides. Yeah, I have my one cap co- one cup of black coffee of a morning. Yeah, I think about twelve to fourteen ounces of coffee in in the in a day, pretty much. You know. Yeah, but um, uh, if these right wing shitheads ate what they actually post about, more of them would be dead. It's kind of like if all these right-wing shitheads were actually true anti-vaxxers rather than just posting that shit up, we would have more of them dead. It's just posting. Yeah, it's just posting. Yeah, and the world would be a better place. So um, it's nice to know that at least while he was in Australia, he got um, involved in um, a political scandal for racking up thousands of dollars worth of um, charges on phone calls and cab charges, so... For taxis, so this guy is a shithead, um, and I, I love the fact that he's Very no true. longer in Australia. You can keep him and Miranda Devine. Oh no! She, yeah, she's right. Australian. Wow. Uh, yeah, this guy, I, I really like that. I'm hoping he posts some more of his meals, um, because I think there's some good stuff here. And uh, I did also want to uh, just shout out to all of our Australians who are such great contributors to the show and have been great contributors to the Drippies. We are getting Australian cheese in our stores. Uh, this was taken at the uh, at Corey's, my, my favorite beer shop here in town. And they have a nice little food section uh, with like some nice uh, uh, salami and nice cheese and like uh, uh, soft cheese and wash drying cheese, stuff like that. Then they had this, which is from Meredith Dairy, and this was in um, in uh, Victoria somewhere. Yeah, uh, Meredith. And it's like a marinated sheep and goat cheese, and it looked delicious. I didn't buy it, but I will buy it. Um, looks, it looks amazing. I can't wait to put this on some on some a quarter loaf of sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be Perfect. pretty delicious on your steak. Like I know blue cheese yeah, is traditional. Lay it on my, uh, lay it on my, uh, on my twenty-eight ounce T-bone. Good idea. Yeah, that stuff would be delicious. Did you have you ever run into this stuff, Tony? Or try it? Uh, yeah, Meredith stuff is is available uh, fairly widely. They're the other side of Melbourne for from us. They're about an hour and a half. Or an hour from Melbourne. Um, this stuff is pretty delicious. Of course, my favourite is my hometown cheese. We have an award-winning um, fromagerie, or not mm. really fromagerie. We have an award-winning cheese factory that do killer cheeses, um, Mafra right. Farmhouse cheeses. They they specialise in English-style cheeses, so cloth-bound cheddar is absolutely killer. If you can find a 36-month cloth-bound cheddar, that's that's my go-to cheese. Uh, very cool. All right. So we'll, we'll have to get into that. Uh, don't worry, folks. We will get into all of your Discord stuff next week. But, uh, Tony, I think it's time uh, to, uh, in respect of everybody's time, including all of our uh, the, the fine people at the Drippy Foundation, um, like we said, supported by Ben Chipipo and, and this Nick Adams guy, of course, and... Uh, they do, uh, they do maintenance waste. of. They do maintenance of of various wells full of pornography is one of their biggest passions. I believe so. They, uh, and of yeah, of yeah. course, all cam all cam girls they were supplied 
by our good friend Andrew Tate and his brother. Yeah, Christian. and they do like. Yeah, they also and they and you know what they have an orphanage for for cam girls who have lost lost their homes and uh, uh, not their real homes, the, their internet home. Uh, they're they're still fine. <laughs> they just needed somewhere to put them up. So they're they're at drippy dot com, I think. Um, God, a terrible name. <laughs> Awful name for it. Um, so, Tony, I don't, I don't know if we have any kind Do we have a theme song for Drippies? We got, like, a fanfare or something? Or are we just blowing uh, through this thing? Let me see if I've got anything. Uh... Closest thing to a fanfare I've got is this. Because it is brass. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, in, in that case, why don't we start with what I had uh, unfortunately named the Pissy Awards, Tony. Which, interestingly, uh, have the same music as the Droopies. Um, so which award did you uh, want to go with? <laughs> which award did you Tony, want to go with? I think with we should first? start. I think we should start with worst drinking experience. I think that's actually the best one to kick off with. So let's start with worst drinking experience. And, of course, we will give out the nominees from all of our yep. uh, listeners or their, their winners. Uh, but in the end, sadly uh, for them, the, the ult- ultimately the Drippy comes down to uh, Tony and I um, having yep. to say ours. So the, so the 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 brass nuts trophy of the pissy will will be lent to uh, uh, from from our decisions. Yep. Um, so uh, let's go through. Let me start with Nick Torque. Uh, Nick Torque's uh, pissy four. Uh, we don't have to do the drum roll for all of them. Tonight. No, we just the just, winner. Uh, we can just throw them out there. Yeah. Yep. The uh, worst drinking experience for Nick Torque, outrageous pricing at Ayers Rock Pub, where it was $45 for a six-pack of Heineken. Tony, was this where he was at in, like, the middle of nowhere? Yeah, Ayers Rock is yeah, yeah. is the um, the old name for Uluru, which is a is the world's largest monolith rock, um, and it's right. in the centre of Australia. Okay, all right. Uh, thank you, Nick. That's a good one. Uh, PMAC gave it for... Um, paying <laughs> Australians are very price sensitive. Uh, paying sixty dollars for a pint of Stella and a and a pint of Guinness at the Champion Sports Bar in Qatar, narrowly followed by the Bud Zero, but the atmosphere overcame the shite beer. With third place going to smashing free buds at a hospo tent before and after Portugal versus Switzerland. Uh, Qatar clearly wins worst <laughs> beer country of twenty two. It does make sense. I they, name sister. Uh, yeah, they, they, they have a lot of experience for it. And then uh, Corey's worst drinking experience, trying to enjoy any beverage while battling two toddlers. Oh, brutal. <laughs> brutal for for uh, Corey there. So, Tony, why don't we start with you, the worst drinking experience for you? Mine would be the Trafalgar Tap House, one of a handful of places locally that um, have their own, are brewing their own stuff. And they sell beer. I went in there one afternoon. I was there by myself. Uh, the staff were rude, unattentive, and were bored. The place had no atmosphere and paid a lot of money, and it was dull. But I don't think it stands up to your experience. What was your nominee for worst drinking experience? Tony, I'll never get this out of my mind or off my tongue. Uh, this was going to the Parkway Tavern, which is a uh, we used to be known as a beer bar. 
That'd be right. It still out. is a playoff they got here. It cut out right as you were describing Parkway Tavern and you said it, it was a beer bar and we heard nothing else. Can, oh, can you explain? I'm still here, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, it has. it's one of them joints with like 75 beers on tap. Um, and, I, you know, I was there maybe mid-evening, maybe like a 9, 9.30 time frame, not too late. And uh, thought we'd, we were there with some friends, thought we'd enjoy like a decent beer and play some Play some video poker or Kino, whatever your choice is. Got myself a Trumer Pills. And Tony, it was, first of all, it was flat. And flat Trumer Pills, not a great experience already. You want that nice carb on your nice Trumer Pills. But add to that, Tony, it was sour. It was a sour, flat Trumer Pills. I do not think this is the fault of the fine folks at Trumer well, I'm gonna have to go with this was a this was a line issue. Um, it had distinct flavors of disgusting, gross uh, beer line, and diacetyl, those types of things that you might get off the uh, the bad beer line, the the butter, the green apple, all the bad shit. Um, really, really horrible Parkway Tavern, uh, and I have not set foot in one since, even though they're all over the city. And they usually have pretty good beers on a good draft list, supposedly. But yep. just knowing what I know now, uh, it was so disturbing. And then I lost $40 also. To okay, us. so the winner goes to... Parkway Tavern. It has to be... Oh. The fact that you had is. a shitty beer experience... And you lost $40 at Video Poker. It has to be the winner. Now, for all our Vegas travellers, which one of the Parkway Taverns was it? Was it Flamingo, Decatur, or was it Mark's? Uh, Tony, this was Green Valley. This was which the district. Mark's? Uh, that would not be Mark's, Tony. That would be um, that would be Parkway Tavern at the district, I think. According to Google... Four forty-five Mark Street is Parkway Tavern Marks, Henderson, Nevada. Well, that's nice. That is the Parkway 14. Tavern Marks, <laughs> the one at the district. And we're going to find this one is at twenty-two thirty-five Village Walk Drive. Oh, there you go in Henderson. Um, so if you can avoid the Parkway Tavern uh, at the district, if you go to the Parkway Tavern Marks, not to spoil it, uh, get, drop me a note. I'll come meet you up down the street. <laughs> Your seconds from my house, um, but I do not go there. Uh, just knowing knowing the situation there, but yes, this is the one at at the district at Green Valley Ranch. Okay, um, I've just clicked on that. There is a review summary. It um, gets a four point one out of five stars, which um, isn't good for Google. No. Um, my favorite review out of the three that have popped up. I received five unappetizing nuggets. Without any fries, for the steep price of nine ninety five, somebody wasn't happy with the food. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not test. I'm not testing those waters. I guess uh, we're we're gonna hold off <laughs> on the food. That's cool. Uh, so here you go. Yeah, uh, congrats to you guys, Parkway Tavern. Let's move on, Tony. Why don't we do? Why don't we do worst beer? Let's get worst beer out of the way. Okay, I um, this will be a debate. This one for sure. But uh, right. worst, um, 
Worst beer. Let me go with Nick Torque first. Uh, I'll let you do Pmax though. Yep. Nick Torque. Nick Torque had the uh, he he votes for the better beer, quote unquote. I think that must be the name of a beer you guys got out there. Zero carbs, zero sugar, zero flavor, utterly pointless. An honorable mention to Aldi's Rive Lager. Tony, what's what's Pmac got? Prancing Pony Pinkers. That was a tongue twister. That's why you made me do it. He, he stupidly bought That's right. a, a brood IPA. Remember that was a 15 minutes that the style was fire? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I got sucked into that. And it was fucking a, deba- a debacle on every front. I tend to agree with him. That That's is right. a terrible style. Um, did Corey? Uh, Co- Corey went with Bud Light next, um, which is a beer that I think either doesn't exist or barely exists anymore. I think, this was like a low-alcohol Bud Light. I think we covered um, it on last week's show, and you mentioned that it has been cancelled at this point. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it it exposed itself on the playground. It's been cancelled. Um, no, it's, uh, it, it, well, it, it says it's still on the Bud Light page, but I haven't seen it in a minute. Uh, it's 4% and 80 calories, so that's what you're getting of Bud Light next. Just um, you know what? I, I tend to agree. Uh, you know what? I'll go first with my worst beer okay. here. Uh, mine is actually a homebrew, which is kind of cruel, but it oh. was really fucking miserable. Um, it got shared at the Silver Stamp. It's from a kind of, um, I would say, experienced homebrewer purportedly in the Vegas area, and he names his beers and puts nice labels on them and everything, like fancy labels, all that stuff. And it was his brewery is called Bourgeois and Cass. This was called OMC, which I don't know what it stood for. And it was uh, even marked as a sour imperial stout. And wow. I don't know what adjuncts were in it. Uh, it was one of the most heinous things I've ever had. I'm going to give a runner up to a different beer I had of the Silver Stamp just mere days ago uh, that was shared shared to me. Um, from my, my all my boys at Mikeler. Oh, um, it was a old bottle. It was a many, many, many years old bottle of Spontan Quadruple Raspberry, and it tasted like straight up fucking salad dressing. It was sour, <laughs> savory vinegar. Um, absolutely horrible. Both those beers did have something in common, though, in that they were they sort of exposed the mistake of making something that's that's high alcohol, sweet. And wild cultured, um, yep. where you just end up with this just absolute disaster of a beer. Um, no yep. dryness, everything lingers on your tongue for eternity. So it essentially tastes like eating um, one of those fucking uh, jaw jawbreakers or gobstopper things that um, taste like every food at once uh, <laughs> that they eat in Willy Wonka. Yep, uh, it sort of sort of has that. You're like, oh, it tastes like fucking mashed potatoes and Italian dressing. And a raspberry tart. And snowsbergs. Yeah. It's really miserable. So that did suck. Both of those sucked. Tony, what's your worst beer nominee? My worst beer sticks out in my mind. It's White Kronos by Helios. Um, This was in a Dan Murphy's Gabs beer pack. They put out two Mm. Gabs beer packs for the great Aussie Beer Spectacular this year at Dan Murphy's. One of them was absolute fire. It was killer. And the next one was absolute trash. There wasn't a good beer amongst them. Um, 
This mm. was not a sour, but it was, however, the worst style of them all. Did you want to take a guess at the style? Ooh, the worst style of them all. Yes, hands down. Uh, it doesn't need to exist as a style. It's a trash style. A black black IPA. You're on the right bandwagon with the colours, but you're on the wrong colour. Oh, man. White IPA. White stout. Sour IPA. White oh, stout. Oh, white stout. It's just the reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was an it's atrocious the beer. the black IPA. Black IPA is fine if it's done like a Munich Dunkel yeah. IPA style. It's fine. Never outstanding, but fine. White stout is always terrible. Never as good as even the worst stout that you'll ever have. Uh, this was a terrible example. This is one of the most unpleasant beers um, that I've ever had. It was probably box spoiled because the whole box was trash, but... Um, this beer never stood a chance, even if it was in perfect condition. I cannot see this beer being good. Um, this is utter garbage That's in a too. style that doesn't need to exist. So the winner for the worst beer of the year, or most unpleasant beer of the year, goes to... White Kronos by Helios. Um, Bud Light Next. Oh, oh no, sorry. no, this is not even close. Bud Light Next is <laughs> just one of a long forgotten line of macro launches. Um, it's purely forgettable water. That doesn't even cut it. This is right. a beer that exists to go into a box and it's like it's a style that doesn't need to be there. And at least if you're going right. to like produce it, do something interesting. This was trash, so this gets the win without a doubt. All right. All right, we're two down, two pissies down. Let's go into this year's – oh, you know what? Let's do the life – let's – you know what? Usually you don't do the Lifetime uh, Achievement Award last. You do it second to last. Um, Actually, right now we would be playing a a montage of all of the worst beers that died. Um, So – Bud Select, Bud Light Next, um, uh, various Brute IPAs, uh, uh, the 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 um, uh, uh, maybe some tequila barrel aged barley wines. Uh, rest in peace. All right, so, Tony. Let's jump into the Lifetime Shithead Award. Um, uh, do we? Let's see who we got. We do have a few nominees. Um, yep. Nick Tork gives his Lifetime Shithead Award. This is actually really good. Uh, to John Taffer. Um, oh, my God. I'm, I'm kind of thinking I, we might have missed out on John giving it to John Taffer. So I'm, I'm putting can. John Taffer as a real real possible winner here. The plastic-faced, bad-hair-transplanted, wannabe Gordon Ramsay rescuer of shitty bars with his team of brown-nosing mixologists. Total fraud, Vegas Vegas uh, native, Vegas local John Taffer. Well, that's a, a Vegas lot. native, but he does live here. Yeah. Oh. Um, he lives here. He, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, Nevada Brew Works, which is a brewery here in town that makes wholly forgettable beer. Yeah. Um, he, he came in there like three months after they opened. Um, he also famously uh, reconcepted the, the historic Sand Dollar Lounge here in <laughs> Vegas, uh, famous blues bar. 
into something else. And it was so bad and failed so miserably that the people who owned it just changed it back. <laughs> They're like, fuck this. And they just opened a second sand dollar, by the way, in the plaza. So Don Taffer, you were very wrong. Nice job. Good one, Nick Torque. That's a good one. Um, PMAC. PMAC uh, gives the... Uh, oh, he didn't do a Lifetime Shithead Award. I, he probably no. was going to give it to me. Uh, no, that's that, all right. The, Corey, however, did give... Oh, no, that was... Uh, that's actually... No, he gave, <laughs> he gave me a different award. Yeah. Uh, he did give his Lifetime Shithead Award, and this is a good one, to anyone that doesn't tip... Yeah, you got to see a sick asshole if you aren't tipping here in. Uh, I was going to say in, though, it depends on the country. Um, well, of course, yeah, you're not tipping in Australia necessarily. But, no, not for but, the most um, part. In 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 uh, in Vegas, if you don't tip, you're you're gross. And I'll bring back to the story. Even when you do tip, sometimes you can be a dickhead. The guy who hit quad aces with a kicker next to me at the Ario when we were hanging out with friends recently. Well, not recently. Uh, 10 months ago and um he uh he he the bartender comes over and he's like hey congrats nice job and he had been feeding him drinks he's playing dollars and um he uh he's like don't worry buddy i got a 20 in it for you and i'm like boy on a on an 1100 dollar payout you you gonna tip him 20 dollars at least give him at least at least go 40 or 60 i mean at a casino you probably can do less if you're at like a local bar you gotta you gotta dish out a hundo it's part of the deal, but uh, yeah, ten percent. Jesus. Uh, and usually, if you do that, they'll pay for your dinner. So. Oh, there you the, go. That's fair that's enough. You're kind of just getting it back. So, um, uh, like that's what happened at Hardway, yep. uh, Hardway, and Hardway and uh, Wahoos. They still like us because we had luck there, and they still pay for my dinner, even though <laughs> I haven't won and shit there in a while. So it's pretty good, you know. Now all of a sudden, it's a good deal. Tony, why don't we hear your lifetime shithead award, huh? Mine isn't for a person, more for a brewery. And it's because they keep on keeping on. It is brewery. They can't dog. stop fucking up, huh? Yeah. Ah. They, they, like, I don't know what it is. They're just too big to fail. They're an American car company. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that they can do. To die, which means that they deserve the lifetime shithead award nominee. Um, I don't know whether they'll get it, but it's just the fact that they haven't died. It, it boggles my mind that they haven't. Didn't they say in? Didn't they say it? I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but wasn't there a line in Game of Thrones? What is dead can never die. No uh, idea. I think that's sort of the. I think that's a brew dog. I think that's a good good way to describe brew dog. They, they they've been dead for a while, but now we'll have them forever. Now, Griff, <laughs> do you have a nominee for Lifetime quite, Shithead? Quite similarly, speaking of breweries that are dead but can never be killed, uh, Goose Island, I think, stands out as one that uh, has has been a zombie um, yep. for a long time now. And um, even if I were to, to, to whatever you would do to kill a zombie, cut its head off, pierce its heart, suck its brains out, you can't... Uh, can't get rid of the goddamn thing and the guy who just can't get away from it is a fellow named greg hall greg hall was famously uh lent us a lot of joy over the years by inventing urban county stout yep uh one of the pioneers of barrel aged stout one of the pioneers of american farmhouse ale and uh, he made matilda which is the what was 
the American um, uh, uh, replica of Orval. Uh, he made Sophie. He made that peach version of Sophie. That fucking was good. Um, a lot of delicious beers over the years out of Greg Hall. But Greg Hall sold out uh, body and soul uh, to Goose Island. He tried not to. Uh, he sold. Uh, he he went to uh, Open Virtue Cider, and he ran out of money and got bought out uh, quite quickly um, for the debt. Did not get even a cent out of that purchase. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it was between or after he had opened or and sold Virtue that he famously. Uh, well, he's always been kind of a, a smart ass dickhead. He's doing ads for Anheuser Busch now. Um, they're mostly just generally mean ads but um i think uh uh it was uh, during at, quick shortly after the goose island sale he became very drunk and pissed over one of all over one of chicago's finest beer bars uh the bangers and lace uh and i don't mean he pissed all over it uh with his words or said something bad about it no he pissed all over it with his piss uh <laughs> he he went pp on the walls of um of bangers and lace and now he's back doing ads and shit again, and I just hate seeing him. Uh, I think he should disappear. Fair enough. So Greg I, Hall, uh, you're you're probably uh, not to make any assumptions, but the fact that you pissed all over a bar makes me wonder what other kinds of nasty shit you've done. And uh, I hope someday Anheuser Busch uh, regrets sticking you all over their beers. Now, I just want to put a asterisk behind this. Of course, to our Australian folk, not to be confused with Greg Hall, the jockey who has ridden forty-two Group One winners, including Melbourne. I would, I Melbourne would love Cup to see Victory. Greg Hall, the the beer feller, ride a jockey. <laughs> ride Tony, a jockey. I want, I want to. Yeah, I would. I would like to see him ride a jockey. <laughs> I stand by it. Uh, Tony, I'm going to pick the winner here. So give I, me that sound. Tony, I got to go with John Taffer. Absolutely, that's what I was going to go with. Then John Taffer, Nick Torx's nominee gets one. We got uh, John Taffer. The plastic and just the writing is great. Plastic face, bad hair, transplanted. Want to be Gordon Ramsay, rescuer of shitty bars with his team of brown nosing mixologists, and truly a uh, one of the. Speaking of workers' rights, we we were I think before Ooh. the show, Tony. Uh, uh, one, he one of the least pleasant people uh, to service workers is John Taffer. Pretty much, constantly destroying them at their job where they're probably making six dollars an hour plus tips. Yeah, the only lucky. person I can think who is worse is the dirty jobs guy, Mike Rowe. Oh, Mark Mike Rowe. Yep. Yeah, those guys probably fucking hang out, dorks. <laughs> probably. Weirdos. Um, thanks for that, Nick. That's a good one. All right, last pissy. Um, uh, this is for the most canceled uh, brewery or beer place or beer personality. Yep. Let's run through it. Uh, Nick Torque has the Coldstream Brewery in Victoria <laughs> for lying about passionately making their own beer. Now, That's pretty good. I, I was there when Nick had his world shattered. Um, we were at Deeds Brewery on the um, 10 Years of Deeds <laughs> event. We were doing the brewery, brewery tour. And they mentioned that they do a bit of contract brewing and it included Coldstream Brewery and the beer that Nick was passionately in love with from what he considered to be a local brewery. And it turns out that Deeds brew it all 
and they don't brew a single drop of it at Coldstream. <laughs> and Pretty he good. was shattered. It was like Ralph Wiggum in the Choose Me episode of The Simpsons, oh. if you remember that. Brutal, brutal. It was hard. So sad. Uh, Nick, uh, sorry, PMAC has um, uh, capital. So great on venue and marketing, but for fuck's sakes, focus on your beer as well. The, al- the alcoholist booze was uh, free. Uh, alcoholist booze free shite was vaguely beer tasting piss water. I Brutal. agree. Um, there were a couple of capital beers that were in the running to be my worst beer of the year when I went through my untapped wow. list. It wasn't until I remembered this white stout. Um, did they get a reprieve? Um, that's a brewery that um, has really fallen um, as far as the the quality of beer coming out of that that establishment. Pretty pretty atrocious beer. And uh, Corey Corey has um, Rockwell. So Rockwell, I think we discussed on the show, Tony. They uh, had the manager who was uh, allocating tips to himself despite being a salaried. Ooh, uh, employee, so they took some heat for that. Yep. Um, all right, Tony, who do you have? Who's your most cancelled brewery? I believe or, or person. James Watt, the uh, owner, a leader, CEO of Brewdog. Um, yep. You you're starting to see a theme here. Um, just people that won't die. I I like people that die and go away, like Greg Hall, who. Um, Okay, they'll they'll never be forgotten and are doing ads, but have lost a lot of credibility. I I can I can sort of forgive them a little bit, no matter how big their shittery is. But when you keep fucking up like they did over the World Cup, right. um, and just all their practices over the all years, their bad behavior, yep, uh, sexual harassment, just keeps getting re- just keeps getting rewarded, right. Yes, and in fact, rewarded by me because this past week I did go to the Brewdog Bar here in Las Vegas, Tony. Um, uh, it is huge. Um, it is uh, in a really kind of gross part of Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Strip, um, which is one of them. You know, you've probably been over there. It's where like the M M&M and M store is. Hell yeah, up there. Um, yeah, it's just kind of dingy. You go, you go like over that up and over walk walkway or pedway and you get down and you have to go through this like hard rock. You have to go behind the hard rock cafe or like next to the hard rock cafe, north of the hard rock, I guess. And then you, um, and then you get to a door that the, the door has two signs on it. Cause they're both in the same building as two kind of screen printed signs. One is a uh, brew dog and one is olive garden. So they are sharing a building with olive garden. Uh, <laughs> Kelly was thrilled. Um, and, uh, you get in there though, and it's beautiful. The beers were highly, um, okay. I would say, um, I had a cold IPA was all right. And then, um, the sour, I actually, I actually liked fine. It was like a barrel aged strawberry and pineapple sour, um, which I thought was, was pretty good. You know, a four star plus beer. It was, it was good for me anyways, you know. But I agree with you. Uh, I, I have most canceled. I actually put Brewdog, but Tony, I actually tend to agree with you. I think it's more so James Watt, the um, notorious just piece of shit, odd okay. shit, as it were. And the winner is it has to be James Watt. Like how? How has he 
still managed to stay publicly in control of this company. I don't know what right. information he, he has. Like, you want to what, talk uh, about what, Deep State. What, he is be honest, he, has, he probably has pictures of someone, which is gross to think about. So, yep. Um, not good. All right, Tony. Let's uh, we're going we're going light speed here through this. <laughs> uh, why don't we move on to the actual drippies? Okay, the good awards, the the, the good stuff, the things we like. We're just gonna like cruise down it here. Um, we'll just start with the top one. Yep. And uh, you know, I went with uh, I did split up IPA. I understand. Stand. I'm sorry, a little bit late. I, I think it, I, I was trying to think of it, and I felt like it was unfair nope. to uh, to do hazy and West Coast IPA in the same. No, nope, I have to disagree. In the same. This goes in here. This goes okay. in one award. This is like the modern day Academy Awards for best picture. This has a shit ton of nominees, and crunch comes to crunch. We're going to have to bare knuckle box this out virtually to come up with a winner. Um, and no Best splitting. IPA, just overall IPA. Yep, you split it too late. Next year, they're going to be two separate categories, perhaps three. That's um, fine. Perhaps it'll be Best IPA, Best Hazy IPA, Best IPL. We'll just read them all. We'll just read all my favorites, and uh, we can. I'll pick one out. Yep. Uh, Tony, let's start with Nick Torque. Uh, Nick nominates Uncle Great, the perfectly named Uncle Bad. New England IPA from Mountain Culture. Could have picked any one of six or seven from here, but this was my favorite. Sounds like Burial to me. That's how I feel about Burial. Yep, I agree. Um, PMAC, same deal. Most Mountain Culture IPAs, but shout out to Kevin, which is a triple IPA from Fox Friday in his Canvent box. Now, Tony, oh, that's Advent. I get yep. it. That's like an Advent. And Good. Corey had... Um, Killer Coleman Fresh Centennial IPA from Deschutes. It sounds like you probably had it at Deschutes. You that kicks ass, all right. Yep. I've got two nominees for this category because um, I was I thought I had to limit myself. I didn't know I was splitting. Both of these are hazy, so hence why we're combining categories. Mine are both by Mountain Culture. You're seeing a theme here with Australian uh, best beer and which brewery it's yes. coming from. There are two, mm-hmm. Bicycle Day by Mountain Culture, which was a, they called it a micro-dosing IPA. I don't know what that means. Great marketing speak. Killer can, killer beer. I love it. And another one similar to the one that I think PMAC pointed out, or it might have been, yeah, I think it was the one PMAC pointed out. Very simple name, Jeffrey by Mountain Culture. Was an absolute beast of a beer. Griff, what were your four nominations for IPA? I you? know. So my my runner-up, my hazy, my runner-up was a Double Daisy Cutter, uh, Nelson uh, edition, very tasty from Half Acre. Uh, my winner is the beer I'm about to open. Uh, it's Anatomical Transmutation from Burial, which I think would have probably won this category a year or two ago also. Um, one of my favorite hazy beers in the world from Burial, a killer. On the clear side, a uh, beer I've actually just drank recently uh, called, uh, from Beechwood and Green Cheek in California called Always in Style. Just classic West Coast, drinks way too easy. My favorite there this year was Fremont's uh, Field to Ferment, which was a, f- a whole cone hop IPA. 
I'm going to pick one of them, and I'm going to go with Fremont. The Fremont Field to Ferment is my favorite IPA I had this year, and I drank a good good amount of them also. So. Okay. So we need to talk about this. It, it's going to come down between Bicycle Day and Field to Ferment. Um, I'm going to put the case forward for Bicycle Day. You're going to um, put down your best case for Field to, Frem- Field to Ferment by Fremont, and we'll see who comes out on top. Uh, Bicycle Day... It was the most. This balanced. is mountain culture. Yeah, this is mountain culture. Yeah, this is bicycle day. It is a big, big, thick boy, but it drinks so clean. You could drink a heap of them, except they're eighteen dollars a can. That's the only negative against them, but that's more on the Australian government than anything. Really, really delicious beer. If you were going to say, what is an oat cream? hazy in australia that would be it has a little bit more bite than the american style not quite as sweet uh but super juicy um absolutely delicious that's why it would be my winner for best ipa convince me that i'm wrong griff um i'll do my best although i i I don't know i think the differences between these beers a field of ferment is is a lot more of a drinkable beer um it's it's something you can just knock off a couple of without any issue um it's uh for for a fresh hop ipa it's uh not too grassy but it's got enough of that kind of plant floral bite to even out a nice uh bit of tropicality and it finishes very dry makes it easy to drink it's also only it comes in at a nice like six and a half um which i quite liked I had it on draft and in cans. Uh, I had about eight of them, probably <laughs> ten of them over the year. So I, um, I don't know if I, I, you know what? I, I think I loved it a lot, but I think um, if we had a one single beer on a desert island, maybe you, I think you might have the winner, Tony. Okay, so the winner for this year's. I had a case of them. I want. It's Bicycle Day. It is part of the micro-dosing series by Mountain Culture. I'm actually going to go to the Mountain Culture website to read up what they say about this beer. Oh, it's still available. This is exciting. Um, uh, the, the trip continues as we enter the realm of Oak Creek. IPAs where sweet and creamy qualities of lactose thrive with carefully measured blend of Belma, Sabro, Citra, Mosaic and Cashmere microdosed at multiple stages of fermentation in this thick boy, overwhelmingly vivid aromas of berries and citrus signs hue to complement the vibrant flavours of pineapples, oranges and coconut. Hey, can't forget that coconut before finishing luxuriously smooth on the palate with our biggest oat cream to date, 10%. It is a delicious boy. Won't be reading out all the descriptions for all the winners, but that in a jam-packed field is an amazing beer and the can sort of has some Illuminati vibes. So I I just wanted to give that beer its due because it's probably our fiercest award. All right. Nice. Well, I'm still drinking anatomical though. Nice. Very tasty. Uh, anatomical tr- transmutation. You're still a favorite to me. Um, 
let's move on to best logger. Uh, let's let's cruise through the list here. Nick Torque has Roush from Two Pop Brewing in Victoria. Best example of a Roush beer I've had outside of Germany. Red gum smoked. Pretty cool. Yeah, you don't see many um, um, Australian native woods used as a smoking wood. Um, very cool. Yeah. Red uh, Pimac has Love Affair Munich Dunkel by Hawkers. Good choice. Corey goes with the or- organic boat beer at Elliott Bay Brewing. Uh, Tony, why don't you give us yours? Now, I may need you to check out my document because I'll be fucked if I know how to pronounce this. It's by a local brewery, Goodland. Um, they're, they're starting to really pick up their game. And this was a Martin style beer. Uh, this is called Hauptbahnhof. Hauptbahnhof. Yes. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. That would be my pick for best lager of the year. Um, you know, it's my favourite style. Deeds had a great um, version of it, but this pipped it for me. Really, really delicious. Griff, what was your lager of the year? Runner-up is the Dovetail. Uh, honorable mention, Dove, do I have to say honorable mention? Is, <laughs> our, since we're now in the TAI podcast network officially, <laughs> do I have to start saying honorable mention? Um, Dovetail is well, Czech Dark Lager. I just had this when I was back in Chicago in November at the Dovetail Brewery. Absolutely fantastic. Perfect to style example of a Czech Hoppy, dark, check, dark lager. Very, very beautiful. My best lager, Tony, you might be surprised that it is from the fellows over at Freem. <gasps> no. But, and yet, is it Freem? No, it's not Freem Pills. Now uh, I'm actually My best shocked. lager I had of the year was the Freem Hellas Lager. Uh Freem Hellas this year, it used to come in Euro bottles, if you're familiar with that size. It's six, six, you know, whatever that is. What's that? 500 mil? Um, no, not familiar with that style size. We don't we don't tend to categorize stuff like that. But I, I, I roughly know like a Vine Stefana style bottle. It would be, yeah, it's about, it's a little over a pint. 16.9 ounces. Um but now they started carrying it in four-pack cans, which has made life much better. Um, and so now we can get cans of it cold at Corey's. It was so nice to have it. It only came out in the summer, but during the summer it was so dang refreshing when it was 115, and it was just flawless. Um, not too hoppy, not too sweet, just the perfect uh, bready little biscuit number they had for us there. So Freem Hellas, you are my uh, favorite Logger, 100%. And this is probably the easiest win of anybody. It is Frame Hellas. Griff drinks a lot of lager because of where he's located these days. I've always trusted his opinion on lagers. This sounds like an absolute banger. So hats off to Frame for producing uh, quality lagers of all different <laughs> shapes years. and varieties. Three years in a row of winning this award, I'm sure. Uh, not that I remember who won it last year. Although Nick Torx did have me thinking. Uh, I think Nick, I would love to try Nick to be Roush beer at Two Pot, um, but I have to go to the middle of nowhere, Australia. So Yeah. Um, now, it should be said which, that, that Nick Torx you know, is a, a connoisseur of Roush beers. Um, at Stomping Ground, we had the yeah, Roush Yeah, me too. Beer. I like him. 
I love him too. But he, he, I think even more than you, is a connoisseur of the Roush beer. So I put a lot of weight behind that. Um, but as we said, the winner always comes down to you and I. So it had to be. Why don't we... Um why don't we save stout and barley wine for the end, Tony? I'm just going to highlight those here uh, so I don't do them early. I think, think those might be better as, as kind of our closers. Okay. Uh, why don't we jump over to, um, well, not at the very end, but at least as the last beers. Why don't we do, um, why don't we do sour and wild first? Um, how about that? Okay. So let's start with, uh, let's start with Nick. Uh, Nick has the Great Scott Tart Porter. Honestly, Nick, I gotta be honest with you, that just the phrase tart porter gives me like anxiety hearing that. It just feels like somebody messed something up. But uh, brilliant venue, passionate brewer of all styres, styres, the only wood fired brewing kettles in Australia. Does not say anything about the beer. Um, but uh, I do love that, the wood fired brewing kettles. I think that's cool. So I would uh, be I would love to check that place out. It sounds very cool. Uh, that's in South Australia, Tony. I learned I learned that from the uh, from you. So yeah, the cool. Crow Eaters producing a great beer. Unlike uh, West End Lager, there's a terrible beer. P uh, Mac lives in South Australia, am I right? No, he lives in Canberra. Oh, I'm. I'm, I'm oops. <laughs> Is it south of something? Anyways, uh, <laughs> not North Australia, right? That would be the Northern Territory, but no, he doesn't live there either. He oh. does live in a territory, Australian Capital Territory, kind of like D.C. Oh, oh okay. Well, maybe that's why. Oh, that's probably why he got to go to the thing. Yeah, oh. he's in the Australian Beltway. He is part of the Australian Deep State. He's, 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 in the, he, uh, he's like one of, the, um, one of those guys that you just um, – that's paying $18. Is it, does it cost $29 for a beer in that part of the country too? Probably, although it used to be the only place that you could legally buy porn and fireworks. Now you can nice. get um, porn anywhere. It's called the internet, and fireworks are illegal everywhere. So, bummer. I hope <laughs> P-Mag P -Mag, P -Mag didn't try to watch porn in, in Qatar. I think he was probably going to have a hard time at that. <laughs> it might have been a struggle. Um, all right. Uh, Pmax best sour, one drop pineapple imperial slushy sour. Holy shit! I didn't even freeze the fucker because who reads the can instructions anyway? And it was amazing. You were supposed to freeze it. <laughs> Apparently, uh, pineapple is the undisputed king of fruit, <laughs> and this was a magical boozy pineapple juice. Amazing. An honorable mention to Boat Rocker Six Brett's best Brett beer I've had. Pineapple is the undisputed king of fruit. Is a great. It's well said. <laughs> wow, that is that is that is a strong chance to win. I don't think Corey actually. That, has that is a strong statement. Yeah, uh, Corey skipped this one. Um, uh, 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 Tony, why don't you go? I've been talking yep. too much. Okay, I've got a couple of nominees for this category. I've got. It's got like a lot of different words in this one. It's. Almost um, burial in its in its length, but not quite that much because a lot of ingredients in the title. It's artist, the island strawberry and watermelon sour by Ocean Reach. Um, 
Ocean Reach is a brewery that tends to underwhelm some very good mid-tier, like solid, reliable IPAs and pale ales, always dependable, never never a bad beer out of Ocean Reach, but never really reached the heights. But this is out of their brew pub series, hence the artist, really delicious beer. And one of the first beers I had from Bacchus, um, who are out of Queensland, they have a K-Sour JAF, which sounds like a Powderfinger song from the uh, mid-1990s. If any um, Australians out there used to listen to Powderfinger, you'll get that reference. Um, a really delicious beer that wasn't on the tart side for a sour, um, but something you could drink like five of these things, you would be absolutely hammered because I think they're about 6%, but really delicious. Um, Griff, now that you've had a break from talking, what are your nominations for best sour of the year? Yeah, I'm just going to go with my top one. I'm going to go with my top one on this. I guess I need my runner-up. Fair enough. Um, my, uh, I, I just want to make the case for this as, as the best one because I just think it was too goddamn good. This was from Flora. It was gin barrel aged Y cause. Um, this is a beer with. Uh, well, let me just uh, let me just see uh, what they say about it. Uh, it's uh, an Appalachian wild ale fermented with local plums and local nectarines and conditioned additionally in gin barrels. So they took that tasty sour that they had made the regular Y cause and stuck it in a gin barrel for a little bit. The gin didn't. It didn't have that gin alcohol hit so much as it had this additional, like, wildflower taste, I guess. So it's sort of like being, if you're in, like, an Appalachian fucking orchard or something, you got plums and nectarines and, like, lavender and all this stuff. Like, it, it was so nice. And it did not have that tart, like, jaw tingling element to it. It was yep. very pretty delicately tart. I would say, but with full stone fruit flavor, this beer just crushed me. I love, now I will say, I am an absolute sucker for stone fruit. I, beer with stone fruit is so good to me. Peach, you ring me a peach, nectarine, plum, pluot, apricot, AM shits. I am, I am 100% diving in. Um, so this was, this, this hit a all the targets for me, plus a little barrel age note to like dry it out a little bit. A yep. plus killer. Uh, can't say anything else but that. This one's not even close. It is the font Fonta Flora Y cause. You've sold me on it. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Stone fruit in Australia. Tony, you'd love this are, one. Are right at their peak at the moment, eating a shit ton of nectarines. It's a nectarine kind of year. Um, this sounds delicious. Ever have ever make a pie with them or like a tart or something with oh, like peaches absolutely. or nectarines or any of those? Yep. Also, I like plums because they they're, they're a natural laxative. Oh, yeah, they I'll are. Throw that out about plums. <laughs> Your ass is going to be happy after you eat some plums. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, you know. That's what our buddy work, at the start work. of the show needs no to shit, get yeah. get through his <laughs> system. Yeah, I just need to finish that off with a couple of plums. <laughs> uh, not too bad. All right, congrats to Fonta Flora. Boy, we've got some top breweries winning awards here, i got to say. Yep. Um, we're on the right track. Let's do Farmhouse real quick. Um, 
this is a good one too. We've, we've never really talked. We don't talk a ton about farmhouse beer here, I, I think, and I'm, I'm glad to do it. Um, Nick Torque, this is a great nominee here. The Heaps Mandarin Radler, uh, 2.9%, but the standout from a small brewery that does farmhouse beer exceptionally well. Molly Rose, that's right. You went there, Tony. Yes. Yep. Molly Rose is um, killer, and I, I tried that beer. Nick had it. I think it was. Our first beer at Molly Rose, I think we both had absolute bangers. Um, and that that was a killer beer. Outstanding. And we have uh, Pmax Berry Christmas, Berry Xmas by Black Arts Brewers and Blenders. Uh, so he, he, said, <laughs> he, he didn't sell this one. He said he didn't drink a lot of farmhouse beer this year. So this doesn't make me believe this was some kind of top, top-notch beer. Corey did not throw in farmhouse. Uh Tony, I'm going to throw out mine real quick. Um, I I had two on here. One was I had, this is too classic to have in this list, but uh, Fantome Saison. um, I mean, what can you say about the ghost? We just started getting it here in Vegas, though, so it's pretty sweet that we can just have, we can just get a bomb. I could go to Corey's and buy a bomber Saison at any moment from Fantome. It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, My favorite was this afterthought. Afterthoughts from... The little town of Lombard, Illinois. Uh, this was called Barrel Twenty Three. Uh, it was um, stri- pretty straightforward. Um, it was just a blend of a few of their beers. So it included one beer that was a spent raspberry and cherry beer, and a namesake on with currants, aged in a red wine barrel. Um, this is maybe a little more tart than I would say is traditional farmhouse, but it had that funk to it. That yep, that unusual yeast character to it, and it wasn't tart tart. It was it was dry as a bone for sure. So also it costs like seven ninety nine for this <laughs> beer. So I was like, shit. All right, Tony, what about you? Well, I've got two from a brewery that got mentioned a heap last year, and they, I, I'm not sure whether I've, I've mentioned them yet, but they're going to be mentioned a couple more times. Uh, that's Deeds, and they have a whole series. I'm actually drinking one right now called. Uh, Nocturnal, which is a farmhouse ale with boysenberries that they've done, which is absolutely delicious. Um, but there are a couple of others that I drank throughout the um, past 12 months that I've actually nominated. One is called Indulgence and the other is Decadence. And if I had to okay. split hairs between the two, both killer beers, I would go with Decadence. And it was a three-barrel blend, Um they're all low, aged in French oak, and then they were macerated on boysenberries for seven months at um, over half a kilo of fruit per litre, and that is a shit ton of fruit. All right, that's a lot of fruit. Yeah, and so you get this like punchy, super punchy fruit character with none of the sweetness. Um, finishes nice and dry, bottle conditioned. Absolutely superb beer. So the winner in this category. Yeah, I gotta give it to you. Deeds are just doing something special with, back. with their farmhouse series and their barrels. The sheer quantities of barrels that they've got to select from is second to none in Australia. They spend a fortune on barrels and they, they do good things with them, whether it's their barrel-aged stouts or I think more importantly for Australia 
is what they're doing with their farmhouse stuff. It is absolutely killer. Um, for my Australian folk, whenever you see them do a release of their farmhouse beers, to quote Molly Meldrum, do yourself a favour, pick this one up. Okay, awesome. All right, congrats to Deeds. Yep, and um, we move on to the next uh, award. Where did you want to go with, Griff? Where did you want to go to? Classic. Sorry, folks, about my modem. Griff has frozen. It's, um, it's not his fault. I will just pause for one moment and then we'll be back. As I said before we froze, Griff, where are we headed? All right. Yes, it's time to do best seltzer, I think, Tony. Okay. Uh, the Origin Podcast, uh, always a big fan of the seltzer world. Maybe drink a few less of them this year, but... Uh, that said, my, my my lovely wife did did have more than her fair share, uh, at least over one weekend, I would say. So we'll do best seltzer. Although this is these are my awards, so I get to pick my favorite seltzers. We already heard Kelly's favorite seltzer, so we did. Let's start with Nick. Let's start with Nick Torque. Nick, Nick, Nick did such a nice job with these. Um, his is the now we talked about this last week, Tony. Is the Suntory minus one ninety six. Uh, strong zero double grapefruit, the nine percent imported version. Obviously, damn, that should get you shit face, Tony. I don't think nice. it was grapefruit, I think it was grape, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't think it was grapefruit. Oh, no, he's just well, a grape. Nick Torque says grapefruit. I'm actually going with the grape version rather than the grapefruit right. version. <laughs> I think. Let me right, let me look at that while you were grape. going through the other. All right. Uh, PMAC does not like seltzer, so he just calls it piss water. So he nominates piss water, which is quite, you know, an interesting choice. All right. Um, Corey has the bomb pop inspired seltzer by four hands. Now they, those seltzers were good. Um, I think I've had the bomb pop one. It's pretty tasty. Tony, I'll do mine. Yep. Um, my, uh, I had a runner up. My runner up was the. Disorderly Tea House Peach. Now, this is by Lagunitas, Tony. This stuff is fucking good. It's like uh, it's like lemonade. I think it's just like hard tea. There's no lemonade. It's just hard tea, but with like peach flavor. It has a little bit of the taste, and I and I mean this in the most positive way, of like soda fountain tea. You know? Yep. When we were like kids and you go to the pizza place and they had like brisk or some shit. Um, but this tastes good though. It tastes, it does not taste that fake, but, uh, it's really, really good. Uh, but it's, it's too far <laughs> too sweet to drink more than one of. It's very yummy. Um, and my winner was the Penrose lemon seltz up, uh, just like a lemon shake up where you get from the, from the like town festival or whatever, the state fair. Absolutely wonderful. Bright, full of lemon, a little bit of booze. Um, that shit was so good. And it, it poured like a little bit cloudy, lemony lemonade color that you would get out of a lemon shakeup. Ah, what a great, what a great thing. And I left my pack of cans at Kelly's parents' house. That I was going to come and bring home with me. And I was so goddamn pissed off myself. But that said, they're in the fridge. And what can happen to it over the next year or like six months? Not much, right? It's just beautifully. I'll tell you. It's going to, it's going to get even better. Yep. Um, uh, my nominee for this is 
I thought the same as Nick talks, but uh, apparently not. I'm going with the double grape of the Sun Troy. Um, really right. delicious. More uh, soda-like, like grape soda deliciousness. Like like you were saying, you can't drink more than one of these suckers because they are too sweet but truly delicious. Um, Griff, I will uh, play the music and you'll announce the winner. All right. I'm going to go with uh, a tie between Suntory Grapefruit and Suntory Grape. It's a, it's all even. Really? Uh, Suntory Double Grapefruit and Suntory Double Grape are the are the co-winners uh, of the Celty category. Uh, could just couldn't pick one for myself. I, uh, I I bet they're both delicious. I bet they taste both somewhat similar. <laughs> Um, and they're both 9%, so who can fucking argue with that? They will get you drunk off your ass. Yep. Um, they're, they're knocking it out of the park. Those uh, That particular brewery know what they're doing. Um, yeah, deliciousness. Yeah, they seem to know what's going on over there at Suntory where they make the Japanese whiskey. Uh, all right, Tony, let's go to the heavy hitters. It's okay. time to do barley wine. Let's do barley wine. Uh, now, I don't think we... Uh, gave everyone the opportunity to do, do barley wine. Um, nice. It's just me. We have stout from everyone, so we'll do stout after this, but I got to do barley wine. I'll just play the music then. This is like that. All right, we're going to announce if, my barley wine. If this was going to be, um, this is like best contemporary adult awards at the Grammys where there's only mm-hmm. the winner gets announced. So best technical right. achievement in barley wine goes to... Uh, Revolution. It goes to Revolution for Ryeway to Heaven. Uh, it, they're absolutely delightful uh, barley slash rye wine um, that they make every year, but this year's edition especially goddamn tasty. Close runner-up was their straight jacket. Revolution is doing barley wine better than anyone. There is just no one. Um, there are people in the ballpark, but they are just sort of hovering near first base. Uh, occasionally, while while um, Revolution is doing Barry Bonds shit, you know they're <laughs> on base percentage five fifty. Uh, they're 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 hitting them all. They're jacked. Uh, they're amazing. Yeah, they're ripped. Their head their head is getting so big, <laughs> but they deserve it. It's it's awesome. So shout out to them for that. Let's jump to Stout Tony. Let's see what all of our uh, best shape shifting Stouts are for the year. Yep, this um, is a monster you, category. Thank you, ChatGPT, for giving us that shape-shifting stout. Uh, Nick Torque, I know you love this beer, Tony. Yep. This was Coffee Ramjet by Boat Rocker. Uh, best version of all the Ramjets, in Nick Torque's opinion. Uh, what do you think, Tony? You a big fan of that one? Yes. The coffee? Uh, I like the um, the uh, creme caramel version, but I'm a, I'm a coffee man myself, so Nick absolutely... On fire with that. Great choice. PMAC went all Australian too, even though he just got all that bottle logic. Actually, Nick Torque got all the bottle. Somebody got it all. Uh, he went with Deed Stouts for barrel aged stuff. He says, Sorry, Ramjet, although I had another 2019 coffee Ramjet and fuck it was good. And Hargreaves Hill RIS for non barrel. Do you think Nick, do you think PMAC might have had a cocktail before he? <laughs> 
purpose. <laughs> no, that, Honorable. That, that all makes sense to me. No, it does. I, I, I just love the, you know what, this is the, if I could write like this, I would write like this. I just, it has a Bukowski-esque uh, <laughs> feel to it to me. Honorable mention to the collab by Bacchus and Paige Bottler uh, for their collab chocolate chip blueberry muffin imperial pastry stout. Oh, here we go. Right? I, I know uh, Bacchus and, yeah. That uh, sounds delicious. Or, Corey went with a tasty sounding beer. Barrel aged dream bar, Blanton barrels at second shift. Now he's got me looking this one up. Now what, what's going on with this? Uh, second shift dream. Barrel. Yeah. Blanton's barrel dream bar. 4.4. Oh, Tony. Um, aged for one year in Blanton's bourbon barrels, all spice and cinnamon bourbon heat complement the rich molasses and dark chocolate of this decadent new base stout of ours. We've added co- copious amounts of toasted coconut flakes and Ghirardelli chocolate to round out this dream of a bar. What? <laughs> what? 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 Uh, it sounds good. Okay. Tony, Does- go ahead. I had three nominees in this category. This is, to me, as big, if not bigger, in the beer awards because I had more five-star stouts than I did IPAs. So I selected the best of the best of these. Between two breweries, they, they get my three nods. Goodbye Moon Men by Mountain Culture. It was the best Mountain Culture Stout I've had. I've had a couple of theirs. Um, really, really delicious beer. Puppetry of the, the Peanuts by Bacchus, um, which is a, a fun play on Puppetry of the Penis, of course, an Australian. But you can see here in Vegas. You can see that here. Of course, founded by an Australian. Um, but my winner is the Jaffa Cake Imperial Ale, again, by Bacchus. They, I don't know what they do, bonkers, Bonkers beer, um, mail or everybody in Australia. Um, I think they're in Queensland. They do some great stuff um, and always producing new beers. They'll, they'll have 10, 12 new beers a week. Um, they're kind of like our version of Burial, uh, the Jaffa Cake Imperial Ale. Just Damn, absolutely. I like, I like Jaffa Cakes. I've had them. Yeah. You can get them here. They're pretty well, good. Well, if you can imagine that but in a – Imperial stout that doesn't finish sweet. Absolutely killer. Griff, what was your nomination in this chat GPT? Um, All right. Shape shifting stout. Yep. This one, this one does shift, shift, shape, shape, shift, shape, shift. This one's called Benthic two by four. That was my runner up. It was the version of Benthic. With uh, 2x the coffee and four times the coconut. Uh, boy, it was hard for me not to put this number one, yeah. but it's, it's just, too, it's almost too much to really? say that it's like, you know, it, it's one of those things that I know I love. You know what I mean? I love this. It's so much coconut. <laughs> it's so crazy. Is it quality in like a traditional sense where I would be like, damn, this is so balanced. This is so nice. No. It tastes like coconut. It's awesome. <laughs> um, it's awesome. I love it. It's so good. It does have a nice barrel punch. It is really good. I think easily you could say it's too sweet. It's too much, too candy bar-like. 
Um, and I, I, it would be hard for me to argue against that point, but I am a big fuck up and I love it. Now that said, it gets like a four, it has like a 4.7 on untapped. So <laughs> most people agree with me, but most people are eating, are drinking like 20 sodas a day or whatever. So their, their idea of sweet is in a whole other stratosphere of mine. So should that one not, maybe that should be the winner. But the fact is, the, the one I picked as my favorite is a stout I have been thinking about for, like, eight months, right? I, I still think about this, drinking this beer. Wow. At the Mickler Beer Celebration. Uh, it was called Happy Almonds. Uh, barrel-aged Happy Almonds. It is a, uh, it had, it was a barrel-aging stout. That was laid to rest in Old Fitzgerald and George T. Stag barrels for 20 months. They then treated the barrel-aged liquid with one pound per gallon of coconut, 10 pounds per barrel of almonds, and 0.7 per barrel of Congolese vanilla beans. This, I'm not saying this wasn't sweet too, but the barrel was so much, for lack of a better term, harsher. The, The barrel was so much stronger. Yep. It was so much punchier that it helped it. And it, and that's that, if that that benthic has a little bit of barrel, nice punchiness. It's still more punchy than any orris beer the benthic is, but the moxa one was real, real strong um, to help out with all that all that coconut and stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I've been I've thought about that beer uh, a ton um, since we left Mickler in in May. I'm like, God damn, that shit was fucking fire. <laughs> what are they doing over there? And it's. I should just go and like I I think they're club only still, Moxa. Yep. Um, and I would love to switch from Horace to Moxa, but I would have to go into a different lottery and shit. So <laughs> I'm just lazy. Um, but I would love to do it. Um, so that shit was fire. Absolutely Why not get wonderful. your wife a birthday present? Enter her in the lottery. Birthday present for her. Yeah, she gets an errand. Uh, Hey, Kel, we have to drive to Los Angeles now instead of beautiful, beautiful Oceanside. How's that sound? Huh? No, I'm saying no. you keep the Horace and you do an, a like oh, California road one? trip. Oh, man. Boy, that's such a pain in the ass to have to drive up to L.A., though. The nice thing about Oceanside is it's like you could just go and hang out at the beach for the whole weekend and then go do your pickup and go home. With L.A., you have to, like, deal with L.A. <laughs> it's so busy and such a pain. Okay, um, nah, the winner. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. The winner. All right, Tony. Who's the winner? If you're dreaming about beer for eight months, come on, it has to be the winner. Not even close. Yeah, had some delicious shape shifting stouts, but this isn't even close. Yeah, I want to throw a. I want to throw a sneaky runner up though for um, the one Corey said. I want it real bad. <laughs> that sounds really good. Second shift is so good with stout, and they will not let that get out of hand. Sweet, um, I would love to have that beer. That sounds wonderful. Um, all right, we're moving on to some of the softer awards here, uh, non-beer specifically related. Um, why don't we do best brewery hang, Tony? Let's do best brewery beer, uh, like place. Yep. Um, what do we have here? Who has stuff? We called it best ambience, as Mo would say. You ain't coming here for the ambience. Well, yes, we are. Uh, 
That's right. You are coming here for the ambience. All right. So uh, Nick Torque has Prancing Pony Brewery uh, in uh, SA. A pleasant location in the Adelaide Hills. Solid beer range, roaring fire, and winter day. Killer jukebox. Very cool. PMAC gives it to Capital Brewery by a wide margin. Uh, if only their beer is rated as well as the venue. Honorable mention to Tumit? Tumit? Uh, where are we? PMAC. PMAC. Uh, Tumit? Tumit River? Uh, yeah. T-U-M-U-T. Tumit River, I would say. Tumit River. Great little venue in a smashing little town. Pori. Uh, he named one of my all-time favorite places to hang out. The Side Project. Cellar. What a delightful bar. Uh, Tony, what are your favorite places to hang out? Well, this may be some hometown bias, but Mafco, hanging out with some friends Mafco, that I hadn't yeah, seen um, in a while that had come into town for the holiday season. Excellent hang. was hanging out there the other day. Uh, Harry Hookey, who was previously married to Casey Chambers, um, just popped in, did a sound check, got an impromptu couple of songs while he was doing his sound check. So it's a great place to hang, sit up the top, people watch, um, great brewery. But my actual winner for that category was Molly Rose. Um, Nick spoke about their beer, but I love inner city Melbourne. And it is a quintessential inner city Melbourne warehouse conversion, how most breweries should start out. And maybe it was because of COVID. I don't know, but we were able to sit right on the roadside. Like, I mean, the table was hanging out on the roadside. It was the best experience in a city, Melbourne, at its absolute finest. Banging beer, banging company. It was a killer. One of the great spots. Wonderful. All right. Griff. So I'm going to do my two. I had, I had split mine out into brewery and beer bar, but now we'll do them the same. I know. Okay. Yep. Tony, uh, I chose Burial South Slope, the original Burial Tap Room, an all-time awesome plate beer place to hang out at. Max Allotment, our friend uh, Max, says it is his all-time favorite brewery tap room <laughs> to hang out in. He would never leave. And honestly, if I weren't so interested in seeing what else was going on in Nashville, I wouldn't have made the mistake of leaving the tap room uh, because it does just absolutely kick ass. They have food. They are. They have. One of the most insane draft lists of variable beer you'll ever imagine. Not to mention, they have their own winery where they're making natural, low-intervention wine and cider. Uh, they have Underbergs. It just is too perfect. And I also can't not include the Silver Stamp, uh, which, Tony, I don't know if I've, you've ever looked at pictures of the inside of the Silver Stamp. I've I sure have. Some, but their can wall, the cool owners, the people opening bottles, sharing beer, the, uh, the, um, the depth of lager and sour and, and international beer available. The fact that they have brought things like Phantom to Vegas and they've brought casks of Ola Dube and uh, uh, all kinds of other strange international beer um, to town. Uh, pretty amazing, plus just super cool and nice, and plus you can play the tapper 
uh, arcade game and go to the vending machine and get a bunch of weird prizes. Uh, it's uh, it's wonderful. We love the silver stamp. So those are my favorites, Tony. I don't know. You know this this award. It's hard for me to even nominate one of them as my favorite. Uh, okay. I mean, I love Silver Stamp. It's my favorite place to hang out. I hang out there all the time. I don't know why you're trying to talk yourself out of this. It has to be Silver Stamp, surely. You have found your tribe in Las Vegas. It often takes a while to find your tribe, and you found your tribe in a new city. It has to be Silver Stamp, surely. Yeah. Nothing quite like it. Yep. It's my favorite for sure. Now, that said, um, I think MAFCO is going to turn into yours. I'm, I'm excited for MAFCO's year coming up. I think they've got a strong uh, shot at next year's award. So let them know. <laughs> I, I shall do. Uh, inter- coming up. Interesting note. Um, I meant to post this in the Discord. I will, though. Um, the stills have just gone in. They're doing rum and gin distilling on the premises as well. Um, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be good, and they'll have a good barrel program with their beers going forward as well. Oh, they can do, like, gin barrel stuff too. That's going to be fun. Yep. Um, you know, it's interesting. I uh, So I, I don't think I mentioned – did I mention this? I did on the Discord that the brew dog here in Vegas is going to brew – Beer. Really? They, they have a brewery in there. Yeah, they they have a brewery. Um, so they have not decided they the, the the equipment's there. I don't know who they've hired to brew for them. Um, I mean, clearing the bar of being like one of the more drinkable beers in Vegas is going to be easy. But <laughs> um, they're not going to be the best brewery in Vegas by any stretch. Big Dogs, I think, has that on spades. Yeah, yeah, not even close. But um. They were like, what are we going to brew first, an IPA or a Pilsner or a Stout? You can vote on our Instagram, and I still haven't actually looked to see how you do that. But, um, yeah, they are going to have a brewery in there, so I just thought that was really funny that they're, they're throwing that into the mix uh, for us. Thank you, BrewDog. Uh, we, need, they, <laughs> we needed that. Um, I wonder if they'll distribute any of it. God, that'd be so fucked. Um, no, they won't. All right. It'll all they be won't. like – Exclusive. But there's seven. There's it's not huge. It's 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 a yeah. They have like two, uh, whatever those are, thirty barrel fermenters or three thirty barrel fermenters. So there's not yep. there's not a ton of capacity there. Let's jump into. Um, why don't we jump into best merch? That's a favorite of mine. I thought that was a funny one. Best merch. Yep. Um, Nick Torx best merch. Uh, Three stubby holders and Pilsner glasses from Carwin Cellars. I'll remember to order 11 items, not 12, so there's an empty slot in the box. Yeah, that's good merch. Okay. Um, PMAC says, I like brewery stickers, so if you have them, please send them. <laughs> I've also been making fridge magnets from can labels and magnet sheets. So, PMAC, do not feel bad about that. So, uh, Kelly was very smart. We have we have a depth of brewery stickers beyond what's imaginable to the normal human mind. Um, and we would get here. I don't know if you guys get this. Do, does your like? Do you have like an? Uh, boy, this is a weird question to ask somebody <laughs> who lives somewhere else. Do you have ever have like insurance agents or uh, realtors or local personality types? You know that uh, will send out like magnet calendars or something like that. Yes. In, that are yeah. like. Squ- big square magnets. Yep. Um, 
or maybe like the, the village might do that or the city. Um, so what Kelly would do is slap the sticker on top of it and then cut around the sticker. So then all of a sudden you have a brewery magnet. Nice. Uh, so we have a lot of those actually. We have a we have a good handful of magnets that are made with like some guy's face that he sent. <laughs> Jeff Vukovic <laughs> sent me a magnet and I slapped a brewery sticker on his face. So that's a great that's a great idea, P Mac. Very smart. Um, yep. Corey went with Bend Beer Company. I would guess that's in Bend, Oregon. Um, I actually, so I actually just named a brewery too. I didn't realize we were going to name specific pieces of merch. Um, I went with Burial. Their merch is just fucking awesome. Um, I bought a hoodie there, a zip zip up hoodie this year. Uh, it's really cool. I did want to have a special shout out though for a brewery called Harland in San Diego. Um, their design aesthetic. And Tony, you're you're a design head. You're like an yep. artist. Um, you got to look it up. It's got that like kind of minimalist sans, if that makes sense to you, yep. feel to it. Um, very sharp, very sharp stuff. I bought a hat from them. Pretty cool stuff. If I had to pick a single piece of merch that was awesome. It would not be either of those. Really? And I'm going to post this. Uh, Kelly got me this for Christmas. Uh, it is, uh, Tony, I'm just going to find a picture of this for you real quick. It was, do, 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 uh, I'm going to put this link in your drippies chat, Tony, since I know you're looking at it at the bottom. Okay. Um, there you go. It is this, I got this sweatshirt for Christmas. Nice. It is. It just says lager. It says lager, <laughs> lager, lager, lager on it. Um, it's an amazing sweatshirt. Yeah, I got this from. Uh, I don't know where. I'm going to put this in general in the uh, Discord if people are curious. Um, I love it. It's great. Yep. Uh, it's a great piece of merch. Um, I love my burial. Like Zippy burial's aesthetic is so cool, especially if you're into whatever sickles and stuff it, it does have a little bit of a workers theme to it uh there's a lot of reap reaping and 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 uh, uh grain imagery and stuff so i do like the burial stuff so that's probably my favorite tony how about you what's your favorite merch i'm it, it's actually a piece of merchandise i'm going to pick up in the next couple of days because i need to um represent it in melbourne Give them a bit of promotion. Might see if I can get a discount or a freebie. It's the Mafco truck cap um, because uh, one of the um, owners of Mafco, she is an ex-truckie. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing I like is they're a new startup brewery and they've obviously ordered their merch from two different places and they're slightly different colours, even though they're meant to be the same colour. <laughs> and One's a more faded green, one's a more vibrant green. I'm not sure. I think the more faded colour is actually the green they're looking for. So it's just great that at this stage in their early days that they've got two trucker caps that aren't quite a match for what they're meant to be. So, Tony, yeah. try to get some stickers and see if you can slap them around town too. Um, I don't know if they do stickers, but... When we when we went to Copenhagen, we had a whole handful of silver stamp stickers, and we were just plastering them around Copenhagen. <laughs> we'll see next year if we can if we can dig them up, find them, see if they're still there. All right, Tony, this is our last sort of normal award 
Yep. Uh, oh no, we gotta we gotta give the winner of, yeah. of the merch one. Hold on, this is uh, Tony. Why don't, what do we think? Um, you pick the winner. Yeah. I'll play the music. Simples. I will pick the winner. No problem. You know what, Tony? I have to go with. Uh, I think I got to go with uh, the Mafco trucker cap. Uh, you know what? I just have a deep appreciation for taking your local brewery out on the road. Uh, you've never really gotten to have that feeling. No, nope, I haven't. Um, so I'm excited for you to have it. You know, mine's all from far away. Uh, I think um, I think getting getting to go out there with your local brewery and be like, hey, check it out. This is my this is my <laughs> joint. That's a that's a good that's a fun feeling. Yep. And it's a good conversation piece. I'm excited for you to have it. So we're going to go with the Mafco truck, trucker cap. And I also love that it comes from a real place. It's not just some fucking frat boy making a trucker hat. This lady drove a truck. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. Last one. We did beer and food pairing. Um, and then we can go to the final two, the Lifetime Achievement Award and the Brewery of the Year. Uh, best beer with food, Nick Torque. Any of the paired beer food tasting sample of Deeds Brewery 10th anniversary event, or even just the duck liver parfait and oysters. All right. That, I mean, that uh, Tony, I know you went to that. I'm yep. sure they were all lovely. Yeah, the duck liver parfait and the oysters, Nick and I did on a separate trip to Deeds, I think the year before, though, but they were fucking killer. I love di- duck liver parfait. And who doesn't love oysters? You a sucker for a good oyster? <laughs> I love oysters, Tony. I ate I ate so many oysters. There was a day where I felt like I was going to get mercury poisoning in Charleston. I ate like three oysters and and then a big pile of peeling each shrimp. Well, um, one of the um, early um, Good Beer Week events that I went to was a brewer's lunch, and I was sat on a table with half a dozen other people, and you um, were brought out, and it was shared family style, and nobody else on the table ate the oysters. And there was over a dozen oysters, and I just hoovered that shit up. So I presume there are Australian oysters. Yeah, absolutely. We've they Coastal come, oysters, yeah. Yeah, from several different places. Um, yeah. Some are, are quite large. Sydney rock oysters are perhaps the most f- famous, but they're not presume, do they? necessarily my favourite. Yours probably have more of that Pacific Ocean flavour, I guess. Yeah, I they're super briny. But, which are... Or, oh, they're more briny. Oh, that's interesting. Usually our East Coast ones are more briny. The ones in the um, that are in the Pacific Northwest yep. have more of a melon interesting. cucumber element to them. I would say the ones that are, uh, I had in South Carolina, and I didn't realize South Carolina was an oyster-producing area. <laughs> so when we were there, I was like, shit, there are Carolina oysters. I want them. And... Uh, they're fucking good. They're sort of a nice combo of it. They weren't super briny. They were a little bigger. So they had more of a muted salt to them, but a ton of liquor, which I love. Like a yep. big gulp. All right. I was happy with that. Those were really tasty. Um, all right. Next year, best oysters. Yeah. Be in, the, in the list. All right. Um, PMAC? PMAC. PMAC was winding down by the time he typed this this far. <laughs> uh, Imperial Stouts with a side of very dark chocolate. Hard to argue with that. I mean, yep. I love dark chocolate. You ever have any of that? Tony, have you ever had any like 97% cacao chocolate that's like insanely bitter? I have. Um, 
if you get great quality chocolate, even that can be enjoyable. Like, oh yeah, no, it's it's good, but you gotta really like if you get one that says that that's like dog shit. It oh. tastes like chalk. It's yep. really bad. Ninety-seven percent ass. I mean, brutal. Yeah. Um, Corey goes with uh, from his trip to to Oregon, Block Fifteen, and Deschutes. He didn't really say anything specific, but they must uh, they must just be a good food and beer place. That's cool. Um, Tony, I, I feel like you probably went with something a little bit more uh, specific here, didn't you? I did. Uh, this is a bit more specific than what Nick Talk went into with the <laughs> Deeds tenth um, anniversary event. It was. Um, once more into the fray, their bourbon barrel aged Imperial Stout. Again, this is a, a series of beer that PMAC shouted out. Um, but they paired it with an Imperial Stout braised beef cheek. And the richness of the beef cheek uh, with this huge, um, what was it? I don't think they gave me a percentage, but it, it was 12% Imperial Stout, I think. Um, just absolutely killer combo. My favourite from the year, without a doubt. Awesome. Tony, I went with uh, an experience I had kind of recently. Um, it was drinking the West Coast Pills and the eating currywurst at Half Acre. Uh, just a few weeks ago, they had um, currywurst on special. Uh why did my why did my stuff be there? It is. Uh, <laughs> they had currywurst on special. They had uh, some West Coast pills available, which is sort of a hoppy pills, you know, with some yep. American hops. And um, they went nice together. The what, the currywurst, you know, that curry ketchup can be a little sweet, but it's got that nice spiciness, and it le- it leads right into those uh, pretty refreshing citrusy hops. And then you get that nice pills finish. Very nice. Um, honorary, uh, honorable mention to a place in Asheville called Chaipani Indian Restaurant, which was the James Beard Award winner for Restaurant of the Year uh, that we went to while we were there. Everything on the menu was under like $16, which was awesome. Wow. And they had Tank 7, and the guy literally put on there the ultimate food beer. <laughs> True. And True so that. you eat tanks, you drink Tank 7, and you eat Indian food. It was absolutely wonderful. So, wow, Tony, can I add I an honourable mention? Well, you, you, oh yeah, absolutely. The this is again super specific, but Nick Talk will get this: the olives at Molly Rose, just a big bowl <laughs> of olives, pit in oh, olives, yeah. but all different sizes: big ass green ones, tiny little Australian native olives. Oh, absolutely killer! And the Honey, let me let me pick this one. I got this one. Do you really? Okay. Tony, we got two nominations for it. I think we got to go with the deeds, uh, beer and food. Good pairing. Good, good choice. The thing about that event, it wasn't just common pairings. Like, okay, the it's not the most inventive thing to serve a big boozy stout with a beef cheeks but in australia that's kind of courageous they had fish and chips they had um potato croquettes they had pulled pork sliders it it was a real variety of stuff 
but to me that 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 steak that braised steak um yeah. it it was killer it was tucked away in the corner i'm sure some people missed it um because it was right in between all their barrels it was a killer event and that to me topped off that night so great choice we're down to our last two, Tony. The Drippies are wrapping up for another year. Let's do our Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, let's start with Nick. Nick Torque. Uh, boy, a lot of our show personalities have been nominated. Uh, Nick Torque nominates PMAX Junket to the World Cup on the taxpayer's dime. Will never be beaten. Hard to beat that one. I Hard love... to argue with. You'll find most people are in... Well, some people in Australia are like this. I like a good public servant that gets a little bit of reward. They sacrifice salary. Uh, they sacrifice having to deal with all the government red tape. They deserve to use some of our taxpayer money on a good old-fashioned junket. Love it. Oh, we may have lost Griff again, or I may have lost him. Let's not... Blame Griff's connection. This could be on. I'm back. He's back. We finished with PMAC. We were moving on. Uh, Sorry, we hadn't finished with PMAC. We'd finished with our good friend Nick Talk. We were moving on to PMAC. I'll let you do the readout for that. Okay, PMAC. Uh, PMAC gives his Lifetime Achievement Award to Tony for producing shit I've listened to since 2006. Tony, has it been that long? You've been doing this for 17 years? (laughs) I've probably been doing it for longer. Um, Yeah. That's half of of PMAC's life. It is. At least a third. Yep. Yeah, because I started back with Brian on my sports radio. That's how far back he and I go. Um, When was MSR? When when did MSR start? See, my... I don't know whether you'll find my sports radio anymore. I started listening in 2008, I would say. And I was 23. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've, we've been going for quite some time. And was that the same Iowa that you started at? I started with TAI and I was in TAI kind of 2.0, I would call it, um, even but- though... To- even though Brian seems to be calling this version 2.0, I would call this about 4.0. Um, <laughs> so you were post-Tommy Dutch. I was post-Tommy, yeah. I sort of started right around, and post-Patch Mondays. I started with uh, Phobes Mondays was where I was. Yeah, so it I've was been... Phobes, Phobes, Troy, and, and Tony. That was, my, that was my crew that I, ro- I, ro- I rode r- ride or dies um, and that, that's when there was two fat dudes and phobes. And now, of course, Troy's passed away, but there's still two fat dudes and phobes. Because apparently he's put on the weight. I, think, I don't think it's and phobes. I think it's a fat dude and two other guys. <laughs> two, two, two less fat guys. Uh to be that's gonna boy <laughs> not, not doing the inner monologue on that one we're just gonna move on uh moving right along <laughs> next, next up uh congrats to tony for getting that one uh, that's funny you got to nominate oh here's Corey with it oh it's tony 
<laughs> Lifetime Achievement Award for Tony for dealing with me. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Don't know whether I agree with that nomination. He's, Corey, Corey's just taking a dig. He's taking shots. <laughs> he loves it. Shots have been fired. Um, all right. Well, I get to pick a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's for it's for Corey for being a jerk on the internet. <laughs> uh, just kidding. It's not. Uh, my Lifetime... I actually went with a fucking brewery like an idiot. Um, so maybe this wasn't the point of doing this. <laughs> Uh, I went with Three Floyds, famous brewery, because they still kick ass. And I had a bunch of zombie dust when I was in Chicago most recently, and it still tasted amazing. And uh, their beers were still really good. And I like those guys. Uh, it's sad that they had to close their restaurant. They did it for uh, the safety of their employees and uh, each other. I appreciate that. Uh, they focused on their beer, and I think their beer tastes good. And some of their barrel aged stuff recently too it's absolutely destroying um the ipas are still good alpha king still good zombie dust gumball head all lovely so wow. to you know for for the last 20 something years uh three floyds has been delivering they still continue to do it they've expanded they make great booze and stuff too uh they're distilling now so um, shout out to them. So I went with a brewery. I uh, didn't didn't know what quite the point was, so I did that. <laughs> so I I went down both paths. I've got two nominees. <laughs> um, we've got Deeds being the winner in Lifetime They're Achievements. Great. Ten years. They've dominated this show for its entire run. Uh, they Everything they do is gold. PMAC mentioned about their barrel-aged stouts. I love their farmhouse stuff at the moment. And, of course, we all know... My first love was their big boy IPAs. That's where they make their bread and butter. But I also have one, and I'm not big noting myself with this one, but it's for Griff for doing the show notes because you have no idea after doing podcasting for this long how much I fucking hate show notes. (laughs) So... Yeah, I don't really Bravo like doing you. it either, but I, I can just, all I do, all you got to do with show I would love to hear if anyone's ever read our show notes. Um, Apparently I, they I, I do not, I do not try super hard at them. Uh, I, I tried harder at them early on. Yes. Now I essentially just spit out a uh, stream of consciousness for about 100 words uh, that goes absolutely nowhere. And we just we just plop it out there. It's it's wonderful. Uh, Tony, uh, I'm going to take this one. Why don't you hit that music? Purely for having gotten the most amount of votes, I don't know how I could go for a lifetime achievement award for anyone but Tony. Uh, congrats to Tony. Uh, as we learned from uh, season, I think it was season four. Of Arrested Development, uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award is the death knell for one's <laughs> career. Uh, <laughs> I believe maybe gets nominated for a lifetime or gets wins in a Lifetime Achievement Award, and it's it's pretty much all of everybody is like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, so congrats, so congrats to Tony for for uh, being at the back end, I suppose, of his podcasting career. Uh, one would wonder. Um, Although that said, he is starting yet another one. 
Yes. Uh, which is truly remarkable. Uh, uh, so maybe next year our Lifetime Achievement Award will go to Brian as after he does a total of four episodes of <laughs> This Ain't Iowa 3, 8.0 or whatever, whatever we're on now. Uh, we'll see. All right. Congrats to Tony. He really does deserve it. It was a great year. Tony is always, to Tony's credit, he's always up for it. Uh, he permits my schedule movement, and uh, he's very chill. And we have constantly put out content uh, like total uh, lunatics, and I wouldn't be able to do it without him because uh, I don't know how to actually do any of the uh, things. So very cool. Thank you, Tony. Well, it's kind of like Andrew Tate. You just make it feel like people need you around. That's right. It's called coercion, I believe, in the human tra- trafficking trade. We've got um, one. I've forgotten to do experimental beer. I was I about to get experimental to that. Beer. Yeah, you said uh, one more award, but we've actually got two experimental beer. We've got two more, um, and then we've got another one to go. Um, okay, what did what did um, Nick Talk have to say I didn't. about? So I did an extra IPA. I didn't do experimental beer. So we're just going to let you guys have this one. This is going to be a good one for you guys. Uh, I didn't drink. I'll get to be honest with you. I did not drink a lot of experimental beer this year. Really? Well, um, so Nick Talk went with Jetstream, a blended wild ale with Ramjet, which sounds amazing. Um, I'm guessing that's a brewery only release. Um, PMAC, where did... Did PMAC go? Oh, yeah. Um, he went with Garage Project's Pickle Beer. Um, wonder if that's widely available. Have to give that a whirl. Mm. Um, Tony, can you hear me? I can hear you, Griff. Sorry, I was okay, just going good. through. I've, I've done PMAC's. We're now on to... The Garage Project Pickle Beer sounds good. Now, Garage Project, they're in New Zealand, right? Or yes, is that... they are. Yeah, that's right. Okay, just, just checking. Okay, keep going. Um, we're on to Corey, um, barrel-aged pumpkin stout from Schlafly. I don't really think um, a beer that you you can say, that's my pumpkin too, can be really called experimental. Yeah, but, I don't know if that's experimental, but I bet it's fire. I had the pumpkin stout from Schlafly before, and it's really fucking good. So, yeah. um, Tony, I was just saying when I was not uh, active um, because of some reason, that uh, I have not, I, I did not actually do any experimental beers um, because I don't think I've had really anything I would call experimental um, this year. And I think it's been a couple of years since I had something that I would say was experimental. Okay. Because uh, I, I sort of slowed down on drinking like the. The just bizarre fucking beers. Um, I, you know what? I have one. I can do one. Okay. So we'll, I'll do one. I've I got, got one three. Because I just had one recently, so I can do one. Yeah, Tony, you do yours. Okay. We've got um, Triple Ripple by Bacchus. It, it was a, um, it was a, like a triple, um, triple ripples, like a dessert in Australia. Trip, and um, this was a, like a berry forward, sour, dark beer. Really delicious. Um, Raphael, which was the coffee citrus sour that I had at Molly Rose. Um, coffee sours are not normally a thing that work, but this thing was fire. And my actual winner from this category is the Peanut Brittle Imperial Gosa by Bacchus. 
Love the can opening sound. Peanut brittle imperial guest sounds delicious. Um, it really is. Would do that. So I'll throw out mine. I had this just a couple days ago at the Silver Stamp. I posted a picture about it in our beer chat. It's one of the ugliest beers I've ever had. It didn't taste bad. It tasted good, actually. This was from Phantom, famous Saison brewery in uh, Wallonia, as it were. Uh, it is a Belgian Saison with spices, herb, French herbs, and spinach. Mm. So this shit was green as all get out. As a man who takes a blood thinner, I was <laughs> high anxiety <laughs> drinking this beer. Um, it was uh, it was nice. It was good. The French herbs really come through. I would call this the much better modern interpretation. No shit. Uh, to bring this into the drippies again uh, of the Mamma Mia. It had a distinct herb, herb de Provence sort of oregano basil taste, I would say, you know, um, do I know, do I think it was great? I don't know. Would I have it again? Uh, was it fun to drink much more so than the Mamma Mia pizza beer, which tasted like absolute <laughs> ass. Um, this was much better than that. So. It's probably the most fun experimental beer I had, but you know what? Uh, if if Tom Seaforth and the folks over at Mama Mia ever come back, I hope they make this instead. It has to be the beer that you want to try, the peanut brittle Imperial Ghost. Yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? I would absolutely try that. I love salty peanut butter. It is really mm. good. Big fan of um, anything that uh, backers do with peanuts, but that was really the highest of the high. And I had four of their peanut beers. Really, really good stuff. All right. Let's do it, Tony. Let's move on to the big one. The drippy of the year, the brewery of the year, the the drippy everyone craves. They crave it like electrolytes. Um, They need it so bad. So, Brewery of the Year for the 2022 season of uh, the Beer Engine Podcast. So, let's start with Nick Tork. Nick Tork's Brewery of the Year, he didn't do it. Oh, no. He just went right past it. So, PMAC. PMAC goes with Deeds, a, a, a winner already, a winner in the second annual Drippies. Uh, Deeds for their massive step up in the stout game to add to their rock solid hazy offering for foreign breweries. I'll just roll with Bottle Logic for showing up. <laughs> uh, pretty good. I like that. I gotta. I gotta give that a fave. Um, Corey goes with oh boy, all time classic brewery here again. Nothing a brewery that makes nothing but fire. Perennial. Uh, I loved them when they opened. I sort of forgot about them. It was great to get back there this year a few times. If I if I got, went there more, that would be one that would be always at the top. Um, they make everything well. Yep. Farmhouse, sour, stout, lager, IPA. They've got that half acre vibe about them. They just they just crush out nothing but good beer. So Perennial is an absolute uh, killer brewery. Yep. Kind of uh, like Tony. One of my nominees. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, what I do got, you got? I've got three. 
They're the three that have been mentioned all over this awards ceremony. It's deeds um, because kind of like you were talking about with Perennial, they crush every style they get in contact with. Uh, Bacchus uh, do, yeah, amazing, weird experimental shit um, and most of it turns out killer. But my winner for this year personally had to be Mountain Culture. I was introduced yeah. to them through PMAC. Uh, my bottle shop stocks them regularly now. Everything is fire, just absolute fire. It had to be their year. Absolutely. I love it. Very good. What about good. you, Griff? Tony, I have gone. My two choices. Um, for, uh, boy, my runner-up, I had to go Revolution. Uh, I don't live in Chicago anymore, but Revolution, um, I spend more money with Revolution than probably any other <laughs> brewery. Uh, I have stacks and stacks of deep wood cans in my office that I'm in here. Um, I just, I, I love it all. And they do make great other beer, of course. They, um, they deliver on Antihero. They deliver on Fist City. Uh, Rev Pills is great. They make English mild well. They always have cask beer on at their place. Um, they're doing all that stuff well. I wouldn't call them a prolific sour brewery, but you don't have to be. Um, they do make uh, a wide collection of unique styles. They made a brewer, They made a beer with Garrett's popcorn this year, like a caramel corn <laughs> beer that sounded lovely. Um, Shout out to them. They're they're a great brewery. They're widely popular, wildly popular in Chicago for anything, whether it be barrel aged, lager, pale ale, hazy, clear IPA, whatever you got. So shout out to them. But my brewery of the year this year, Tony, is a new arrival to Vegas, or I guess a repeat arrival to Vegas. A brewery I loved in Seattle. Didn't mention them mention them a ton in just sort of the beer to beer awards. That was all over the map. But these guys just make a bunch of good shit, and it's Fremont uh, from Seattle. Yep. Uh, Field to Ferment I had on there. Killer Fresh Hop IPA. Um, they're in the perfect place for it. They do nice hazy beer. I don't drink a lot of hazies anymore, but theirs are very nice. Uh, head, head Full of Hops is a great example. Um, they have... Uh, they make lager. They're golden pills. Very delicious. Lush is the greatest beer that's ever been served on an airport or on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> it's just a delicious West Coast juicy IPA, like a like a neo West Coast IPA. Um, and and they've done some fun collaborations this year. They did a West Coast with Half Acre, uh, and their barrel aged stuff is some of the best, most available, best barrel aged stuff you can drink. You can buy it at Corey's Brew Six Thousand. Uh, barrel aged dark star, barrel aged dark star with coconut and cacao. Um, the the anniversary golden barley wine. Uh, they they just keep kicking out barrel aged beer, so they're doing a great job up there, at Fremont. Uh, is it going to be enough to overcome Mountain Culture? I don't know. Are they better than Perennial? Eh, boy, that's <laughs> I love Perennial so much. Um, but Fremont is really doing it across the board. So they've been my favorite beer to drink this year. Okay, you have a better idea as a framework. I've put my best foot forward. Our fans have put their best foot forward. But the de decision, because of the amount of work you do, not only with the show notes, but in the show prep, which I think is underrated with this show, you get the final say on this one. The drippy goes to... 
think it has to go to the only brewery where I think we've all drank some of it, and that's Mountain Culture. <laughs> we've all had some Mountain Culture. I had some in a collab with Burial. Yep. Uh, they are respected here in the States. They are beloved in Australia. Uh, everyone seems to be swearing by everything they make. I think this is an Australia year, Tony. i got to give it to Mountain Culture. Well, I was just checking out their website, and we don't get it, but I'm going to have to get Aaron to get it in. But they produce a lager, so I'm, I'm excited to try that. Something that isn't hazy. Um, 27 bucks for a six-pack. That's not bad value. Um, I'm excited to try it. Mountain Culture do amazing work um, out of Katoomba, which is a place that I don't think anybody should go to other than to drink beer. Um, <laughs> they they do so. I will go there to do it, yeah. Yeah. I'll do it. And I've just seen, um, don't know what day three is, but they've got a West Coast IPA called MS-DOS and the can is killer. Might ha- have to jump on their website get together a mixed mixed pack of mountain culture right. that I don't get at my local supermarket because, yeah, killer stuff. So congrats to mountain culture. If I had to build a watch list for the 2024, uh, sorry, the 2023 trippies, I would probably put a lot of these ones on there. I would say Fremont Revolution, yep. perennial. Deeds. Deeds. Uh, I would throw Freem on there. Freem's barrel aged and sour stuff is starting to sneak around here a little bit. Yep. Um, and it's good. <laughs> and their IPAs are good. So Freem, I would say, is on is in the hunt. Um, you know, all of our faves. And then uh, another sneaky one I would say that we didn't talk about a lot today in the States would be uh, Beachwood. I think Beachwood. Has yep, I've heard good reports big, about that. Big time. Big time potential for because I had a lambic like style from them the other day that was like mind blowing, really I'll, awesome. So and they drink they make great stout too. I put it at the end of our our, our doc, but um, there's a late nomination for merch of the year. This comes in two flavors, with or without. So I want you to check it out and see what you think. I don't want to you know, spoil it. Good, the good breweries always make fucking good merch, don't they? Yep. This is from Mountain Culture. Um, oh, it's a belt with koozies <laughs> on it, Tony. Tony! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> you guys are so drunk. It's amazing. I, I always tell, so people in the U.S. are so, I mean, I, I'm sure maybe that's the case with you guys, too. Um, because well, you're not you're not a Puritan nation, you're prisoner nation. So yes. we here, everybody's like always so anxious. They're like, "Oh, I'm drinking too much. I'm hanging out too much, freaking out. This drives me nuts." And um, I'm like, "Dude, you have to go to like any other country. <laughs> <laughs> you would not believe how drunk everybody is all the time. It's amazing." And I, that's probably not. The, I know that's you're not all drunk all the time. No. I don't want to say that Australians are all drunk, but. I think there's less of an anxiety over drinking anything in every other. Everybody is so anxious if they have a glass of wine here. It's crazy. Um, and if you go to Europe, they drink like an average of like 30 beers a week. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's so insane. So something like this would make you look like a total lunatic. If you, if you even had this, um, but I love it. I think it's amazing. Yep. 
really good. Fire. Tony, I think this was our best, most organized drippies ever. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, no fuck ups. We did our first. We did our first one. Was our first drippy awards were my first like weekend in Las Vegas in 20, uh, 2021, January. Um, we did them last year from here. And uh, these were probably our best. Uh, who are our three Brewery of the Year winners? It was Burial Deeds and Mountain Culture, right? Those yep. are our three breweries of the year. All right. I think that, you know what? I think that is a one hell of a appropriate list of great breweries um, that have won our, our, our uh, Drippy Awards. So shout out to them. It's going to be another good year. Tony, we're going to be back this year. Um, and we're going to have some fucking competition with us, aren't we? Yes, we are. Well, I wouldn't call us competition. I would say, um, I would say, um, it's it's like your father that pops in for a visit. Like, yeah, not, we're going to have friends. Yeah, friends. It's going to be it's going to be a great year. You might be. You know what? I'm just going to tease it. You might be able to hear Tony uh, somewhere else, and even occasionally me. Yep. Um, somewhere else, if. If I'm if I'm so lucky to have to uh, drink three beers and and listen to somebody else babble on for a while, uh, I think that's it for us, Tony. I think we coaxed enough time out of this one, huh? No, I believe you're overlooking one final award. Uh, we've oh, only got one nominee for this, but it is my friends, the big one. It's the award for the best beer and food blog. Griff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, best beer and food blog came out. Oh shit! So we just got this. Um, Let me hit the from theme music from Drippy from Drippy This is not voted the by the best. members. This is coming from the council themselves. So Nick Fuentes, yep, this is um, Ben Shabibop from Nick. Yep, Ben Shabibop. Mike, uh, Nick Adams, uh, Alex Jones, Tim Tebow, uh, Glenn Beck's underwear, and the award for best beer and food blog was won by the Beer Engine Podcast. Oh my God! Uh, so Tony, let's re- let's let's do it. Uh, we wrote a speech here. Yep. Uh, let me let me just read this through. Uh, thank you so much. To the organizers of the Drippies for recognizing the Beer Engine Podcast as the best beer and food blog, we are truly honored to receive this award. Tony, go ahead. We started the Beer Engine Podcast with the goal of sharing our love of beer and food with the listeners, and it's amazing to see the hard work pay off. And we've had the opportunity to talk to so many brewers, chefs, and industry experts, and we've learned so much about the wonderful world of beer and food. Yeah. I loved when we talked to the chefs. Um, we want to thank all of our listeners for their support. Of course we do. And for tuning into our show, we couldn't have won this award without you. We also want to give a shout out to all the other amazing beer and food bloggers out there who are working hard to share their knowledge and passion with the world. We are grateful to be part of the community and looking forward to continuing to learn and grow together. Thank you again for this incredible honor. Cheers. Oh, so good. <laughs> Tony, uh, what a great speech. Bang. Uh, we love all of our chefs and uh, brewers and industry experts that we've spoken to over the 
over the years and all of our other amazing food and beer bloggers, uh, especially the ones that have not been accused of sexual assault. Um, those are our favorite ones. <laughs> uh, we like those the most. We do. Um, oh, so Tony, uh, that was very kind of everyone. Yes. I've just had an idea for this week's show notes and this week's show notes only. Did you want to jump onto my friend chat GPT and Let's ask him to do or her or non-binary? I, I shouldn't say he. That on, will make it easier for me. Jump onto chat GPT, um, talk about the drippies to chat DP, GTP or whatever the fuck it's called and get them to write some show notes. All right, we'll do we'll do some Chat GPT powered show notes for sure. But you know what Chat GPT can't do is tell people where they can find us, and you know where they can find us, right. Griff. That's well, checking could, in beers. But it wouldn't be right. Yeah, that'd be checking in beers, and I like checking beers on Untapped, and I can say you love the same thing. You actually pay money so you can rate it in tenths rather than quarters. Um, and you are Griff AD on Untapped. I'm Saint Moz. On Untapped, you can also give us a tip, give us money. We put a lot of effort into this award show. Trust me, the Drippy Foundation—they don't pay well. They're not into minimum wage. They don't believe in minimum wage. It's one of their key tenets, I'm afraid. But if you want to give us a tip, it's ko-fi.com forward slash Beer Engine Podcast. You can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com, or follow us on Instagram, beerengine at Beer Engine Pod. Griff, any final words? I think I, I think I nailed this right away. It's going to be the longest show notes of all time, but I can't wait to <laughs> give you these. They're very funny. Uh, and they all have a bunch of. It has a bunch of fake beers in it, which I like even better. Uh, all right, this is really good. Uh, Tony, uh, it's it's been a delightful year. I'm excited for 2023. This is going to be an interesting, at, at the very least, it's going to be another fascinating year of doing this. Yep. And as we as we plug hard toward towards our ultimate goal of making it to 200 episodes of this podcast, um, which we never thought we would actually be able to do. We we said it as a joke. Yep. All right, guys. Adios. Lovely, lovely chatting with you. Bye bye. And honestly, it's a pleasure working with you, Griff. Hell yeah. Let's do it again, Tony.